Hello, everyone, and welcome to the M&M podcast, episode number 15. Uh, I am Michael Gallagher from the Center for Research and Digital Education at the University of Edinburgh. Uh, and I am Miles Blaney, um, and I am from Digital Learning Applications and Media and Learning, Teaching, Web, and Information Services at the University of Edinburgh. So how are you doing, Miles? I'm all right. It's week 10, isn't it? I it's think what? It's week 10 of, of lockdown. Is it? I don't know. The last time, the last group of people I saw at the university were you all. And it was that day we were putting together the emergency kind of response uh, in the office. I haven't seen anybody from my own office for well before that. <laughs> so since then, it's just my wife and I, and that's that, that's about it. Yeah, I, I see pixelated versions of people um, in, in Zoom meetings and um, Teams and Collaborate and all the other tools that we have. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, it's 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 been long. It's I think the last two weeks of being sunny has helped a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, as soon as it got sunny here, which is the rarity and you know not always the most familiar sight in uh, Scotland. I'm not I'm not downplaying Scotland. It's a lovely place, but uh, when the sun came out, it made it all it all it made it much more uh, much more palatable, I suppose, to be able to go outside. And, it's it's and one of the weird it. it's one of the weird things as well. Think about it in the last so in the last ten weeks, I think it hasn't rained that much at all. So um, a lot of my friends have this odd theory that there must be something going on because it's not rained and, mm. and coronavirus is just a cover up for some kind of weather thing. <laughs> and I'm like, sure. right. Okay, sure. then. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're into episode 15, which is, uh, feels like a little bit of a milestone. I'm not really sure. Sort of mm. an arbitrary number, but it's quite a few. It's a and, lot. Uh, yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, I think. And we're... Uh, at the university, we're like many universities. We're moving into this next phase of uh, of activity. We did the emergency remote teaching in March and April, and a little bit into May, uh, and now we're moving headlong into what are we going to do come the next academic year, which will kick off for most of us in September. It's a it's a large question, and uh, this is what we're going to be dedicating the next few podcasts to. I think. Yeah. Which is just really about uh, what we're doing at the university and what why we think that's the best way forward uh, and why we welcome all the different approaches that all the other universities are doing as well. And so, sorry, go ahead. So I was just going to say it's, you know, because it's a an international thing as well. It's not like we're doing this on our own. It's like you say, every, every other university or institution, FE and DHE is doing something and even primary school and secondary school level as well they're trying to come trying to figure out how they can accommodate um this pandemic but still deliver yes and in fact uh, we're having discussions around hybrid and it's this idea that the international organizations which we'll talk a little bit about how they're inspiring us Mm. uh and then we can also talk about at some point we're actually getting some examples from primary and secondary schools about how we might approach this as well. So there's some experimentation going off in all of these different school and educational spaces. So should we explain to everybody what phase we are at in Scotland? Because Yes, but I, I would like you to do that because I don't fully understand. <laughs> so, so we're based in Scotland, obviously. And Scotland is part of the United Kingdom, and we have devolved nations in the UK. So uh, Scottish devolved governments, Wales, Northern Ireland, and England. And we all have our own roadmaps, phases, whatever you want to call it. 
So, so yesterday the first minister announced that Scotland is now in phase one um, of coming out of lockdown, which means that I think the key things are saying, um, you know, still work at home. Um, uh, you can go play golf because that's socially distance acceptable sport. You can play some socially distance acceptable sport. Um, you can have friends in your garden, but they're not allowed to have a wee in your house. Um, you can have a barbecue. I think the, the best thing about yesterday in the announcement was you can have a barbecue, but if people are coming around, they're going to be two metres apart and they've got to bring them cutlery and plates. Um, really? I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't aware it, it went to, to that level of detail. It did. It's gone, in, I think, because of um, Castle Gate, as I'll call it. There's a lot mm. of detail about everything right now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So so we're in phase one, and this is going to be for the next few weeks. Um, so predominantly, yeah, everybody's still working at home. Uh, construction business, construction sites can go back to prep for the beginning of phase two, which we think will be two or three weeks. If the reproduction rate, the R number, still stays beneath one. Interesting. Wow, you really have a handle on this. I, do you know what? It's, I think... Right now, and we could do a separate podcast on this, the amount of information that's being produced from uh, third-party sources about stuff that uh, is being said by people is extraordinary. And I'd rather just listen to what uh, the First Minister says in Scotland, and then I'll, I'll, I'll probably listen to what they say at 5 o'clock in England, and then I'll make up my own conclusion instead of having somebody else tell me what they think. Yeah, yeah. So I think the overall takeaway there is there's some mixed messages coming oh, yes. out from different parts of, of this United Kingdom. Essentially, I, thought, I love the pause for United. I, I just wanted to – it, it was a dramatic a little insertion there. I, I apologize. I, yeah. no, I'm, not being, I'm not being political there. It's just like no, there, we, is, there are mixed messages coming out. Yes, yes. And, and that, I think that's kind of key to say that um, England – Northern Ireland and Wales are in different stages of this, of their uh, get-out lockdown. But Scotland right now, as we do this podcast, is in, is in phase one. All right. So that does actually sort of feed into what the next part we're going to talk about here. So how the other universities in the UK and uh, and globally, really, are, are, are responding to this extended period of lockdown. So we're assuming by the time we get to September, uh, we'll have... Uh, some eased bit of of lockdown. We may or may not assume that we'll have any access to the physical campus. Uh, We're designing as if we won't uh, at least initially have access to the physical campus, but we are designing uh, bits into what we're doing here that allows for that gradual and uneven return to the campus. But not everybody's following the same pattern. Cambridge, for example. Yeah, so and I I think we, what what we've done is just had a look around like like Cambridge. I'm going to just quote what they've actually said on their website, um, and it's from the senior vice uh, vice pro vice chancellor for education, uh, Graham Virgo, who says, "I want to make a final point. Your agreement to return to conduct your research in Cambridge is a key part of the process, and you should consider all of your own circumstances before agreeing. This will include your own health conditions, travel, and accommodation needs." Uh, and any of your personal circumstances affecting your decision, you discuss any concerns with the new supervisor, your head of department, your college. And I think why I like about Cambridge is they've actually said it's it's up to you whether you know whether you're fit for purpose to come in to campus. Um, and I know that Cambridge have publicly said as well that they're shifting all their lectures to online, and the media went absolutely berserk 
for for that comment and they jumped mm. his conclusion that well if you're shifting all your lectures to online that means you're shifting everything online so and that means That's that right. you know it, there is no campus experience um and uh that is um i think i read something one, one guy one person sorry on twitter says you know cambridge was open during the war and the pandemics managed to close it um, that's right and then the cambridge had to go out and say well no do you know what we're actually not shutting down everything we just can't physically have people in a large lecture theater because of social distancing yeah and i, I think it's important to note as we go through these examples from other uk universities that we're not suggesting that any of these are incorrect approaches we're learning from these other universities just as we're learning from universities outside the uk which yeah, we'll talk, yeah. talk but, a little bit about and i think that's it. that's it it's, there's no this is like us learning on the fly, isn't it? Really, I would say, and yeah. it's just trying to adapt the situation. And it's, um, I think everybody's kind of, I think the language is really interesting in some of these things as well. So I agree. I think in Cambridge, like, listen to that. Their their emphasis and their emphasis emphasizing it's up to you. The labs will be open and they'll be set up in a way for people to come in and, and do research uh, from uh, from what they're saying there. Um, but it's up to you, your responsibility to whether you think you should be coming in. Um, um, and that's another point about, you know, I've got a sniffle. Yeah. Do I come on campus? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of discretion on the individual there. Oh, I think there's tons, like the might of heroes that we see that are, oh, bunged up and I don't yeah. feel well, but I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, go Is home. It, go home, please. Yeah. So I think Manchester's sort of taken a similar tact, right? Yeah, so um, so this is from their student guidance from their FAQs and the websites. And what they're saying is we've taken the decision to conduct all lectures for semester one online as a lecture theatre environment does not easily support spatial separation. Um, this being the case, we are keen to continue with other face-to-face activities such as small groups teaching and tutorials as safely and as early as we can, subject to UK government advice. Interesting. So, so semester one. So they're leaving the door open, I think, yeah. for potentially semester two returning, quote unquote, to normal. To normal. The new, I think the, I think what you want to say, the buzzword right now is new normal. It's the new normal, yeah. The new normal is, is but I think, and you need to get a t-shirt made up of it. <laughs> but it does raise an interesting point, and I think it's a really, it's a really pra- uh, pragmatic but important bit here is that the lecture theater environment does not easily support spatial separation. I think, you know, a lot of what our physical architecture on campus mm. is in, in many instances working against us in, in this idea of uh, spatial separation. Mm. So that's something to bear in mind as we sort of go through this as well. well How about Nottingham? So Nottingham have come out and said, um, yet again, this is just from their online um, for applicants starting their courses in, in the next year. Um, our campuses will be open. And following all national safety guidelines, uh, we look forward to welcoming you into our community here in Nottingham. And like that's that's just saying we're open. Come here. We're that's open it. for business. That's it. And I think it's um, and what they've said there, you know, they're going to follow the safety guidance. So that means that they'll just, you know, I can imagine if they can have a large lecture theatre open, they'll have it open. If they don't, they can't. They won't. They'll just get on with it. Yeah. Okay. But, but compared to, it's just the language yet again. Do you know what I mean? That's right. It's, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Queen's Belfast? That's another example you had there. So, um, yet again, just left it from their FAQs. Um, teaching will be a blend of online and face to face. Though, of course, this will be very much depend on the social distancing rules in place at this time. 
your program teams are working hard at the moment to complete the assessments and marking process as well as begin to translate your programs into an accessible online format. Bear with us while we do this, but we will communicate with you what these changes will be and how they will impact you. I think actually I, I, I like the, the tone of that language to be perfectly honest. I think mm. they're admitting that this takes time. Yeah. This might be clumsy. Mm. Uh, we're doing the best we can and we'll communicate that to you when we have something ready to go and how that will impact you well. So I think it's there's kind of like an honesty about that approach. Yeah, I think I think that's really open. I think, I think it, so too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it is it's because it is, you know, it is a blend, isn't it? Really, it's going to have to be a blend of stuff. And I think yeah. it's very open and saying, Look, we're just trying to figure this out, and we'll tell you when we, you know, we'll keep you up to date about that as well. That's right, and I think that's a, a, probably Queens Belfast is is a good transition into our own response because that's as close of those mm. of those four uh, that you just listed to our own response at the University of Edinburgh. I think. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. So this is from Colm Harmon, which is the vice principal for students. Um, and at, at, at our at the at, at University of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, what he's written um, for next year, we are applying a hybrid approach, a blend of on-campus teaching and digital elements that allow you to continue with your program. In practical terms, this means that if you can't make it to Edinburgh for part of the academic year, we will use technology to keep you close to us socially and intellectually despite the physical distances, distance until you're able to join us. If you can be in Edinburgh, then we'll be welcoming you on campus for classes and using that same technology for some aspects of your teaching. There will be face-to-face teaching supported by expanded digital resources, as well as an academic and pastoral support. Okay. So what we're using, I guess is, that's the nice little transition, good, good setup here is to hybrid Mm. Uh, that's what we're about here. And that's what we're advancing uh, at the University of Edinburgh is a hybrid approach. And I think it's not uh, merely a pedantic or argument here, uh, semantic, I should say, not pedantic. It's not, it's not re- merely a semantic argument here is what we're talking about. What's the difference between hybrid and blended? Um, you saw Queens it, it is largely using a, a mix of blended and face-to-face. Mm. Uh, hybrid is not that... It is different, but it's not that radically different. But there are distinctions between the two. So we emphasize here at Edinburgh is that hybrid teaching is not the same as moving courses online. Rather, it's about making adaptations to courses which enable them to be taken by online and on-campus students working as a single cohort. Okay, we can and we'll get in subsequent podcasts, we'll get into the nitty gritty of what this all means. But we're basically introducing the, the terms here. So it's this idea of on-campus and online and everywhere in between being involved meaningfully in some single cohort, how they interact with each other, how they move between varying periods of being on-campus and off-campus and these sorts of things. So what does that mean in practice? Okay, these are the broad kind of aims and objectives here. So it means high-quality teaching within a welcoming and coherent community of scholarship, the community bit we're not uh, very keen to sacrifice just s- strictly because of necessity or strictly mm-hmm. because we're moving yeah, we, online. We've talked about that previously with Tim Fawns as well, with the, That's know, right. the the community aspect of it and how it shouldn't, it shouldn't suffer because it's online. It's actually, if not, it's a very different experience and be very enriched in a community experience online as well. 
That's correct. You know, I think even in these movements online, what we're looking at this is an, it's we're not we're not being opportunistic in this in this crisis, but mm-hmm. we're looking at this. This provides a, a renewal in one way or the other. So whatever we do now, beyond merely responding to the next academic year, is going to follow us for years and years and years. So we're hoping some of this experimentation generates some positive things, and that includes how do you make community with disparate cohorts or with disparate bits of the campus, uh, et cetera, all those things. So students, another aspect of this is students to study entirely remotely where travel is impossible for extended periods with the often option of shifting to campus when restrictions ease. And so this is the kind of the difficult bit. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the many difficult bits, but it's an important one is that a lot of these students will be returning to campus, but at different intervals. And some may or may not be able to return at all. And uh, we want to remove the barriers insofar as possible for them to migrate back to the campus uh, as needed. And what that looks like with social distancing, uh, what that looks like in the classroom are the bits we're trying to work out. Uh, Students studying on campus, not to be wholly dependent on access to campus for the entire year, but to be able to shift between campus and online modes at short notice if they need to isolate or return home. Uh, that places the emphasis on the student there. And they ha- if they have to isolate or return home, uh, they're able to do so and not interrupt their studies. So this is the whole point is like we're trying to create a scenario by which interruption is removed. The possibility or the necessity of interruption is removed. But I think that actually applies to the campus as well. There might be periods of yeah. openings and closures. Yeah, I think we have to be realistic about it and say, um, I know I know we're kind of obsessing now about the current lockdown um, um, there's already been talk about regional lockdowns in the future um, and the impact that track and trace will have whether that's you know how that's deployed um, in the different regions as well because uh, England will have a different track and trace to Scotland um, so and how that's deployed and how that's managed as well um, so potentially, you know, we could see lockdown, a mini lockdown of Edinburgh or a mini lockdown of the Lothians. Um, right. So that that's, yeah, I think it's a it's a very, and, and the example being that someone could be travelling from Aberdeen for a day to come to the university because they're a student here, but they can't because they can't get in. That's right. <laughs> so Yeah, that's, I think that's the, that's the critical bit. I think is that we need a system in place that's agile enough to allow for movements online and off campus and all of these different spaces. Mm. And it does so in a way that doesn't necessitate the absolute shutdown of an educational system or, uh, or the, the absolute interruption or severing of the student experience. Yeah. It's that seamless, isn't it? It's the kind of, if things happen and you can't get, you're not allowed to come on campus, then it shouldn't mean that there's, well, I can't really do anything. It's like, no, it's not, it's seamless. It's, you can still do stuff and the experience is still going to be there. It's just going to be digital. Yes. And I think this is, this is, I think this is where the renewal bit comes in. We're, we're responding to a crisis, but we're in some ways as well renewing what we do and how we approach the student experience uh, overall. So I think there, there could conceivably be throughout these, these, uh, these painful learning curves. There will be, Possibly some some very tangible gain going down the road. Oh yeah, I I think you've already touched on it. You know, what I mean, this is we're reacting right now to a short term uh, event, 
what the long-term repercussions of this in a positive way for um, looking at how we deliver things and do things is, you know, like we've talked about before, the shifts within three weeks to get it's people re- to remarkable. move online. It's, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And, and even in practical terms during this whole crisis, you know, one thing that working at home, flexibility, all these kind of things like work-life balance, these are the things that are starting to happen now out with of education that people are starting to kind of get a grasp of and understand and, and see potentially the benefits of it. And that's just because this thing happened and everybody's had to, within five days, work at home, if possible. Yeah, so. that's correct. Yeah, and all this has happened so fast and the conversations we're having across the campus. I mean, I'm talking to people I I did programs I didn't even know existed and we're having these meaningful exchanges and, and the communication across the university is actually, in my opinion, at least I don't have data to support this, but my opinion, it's actually improved dramatically. It's sharper. It has a lot more clarity. Uh, It's, it's, it's possessing a little bit more warmth than it might, might've otherwise. So I think there's some tangible bits that have actually come out of the working practices Mm. of everybody working from home that we can use in the hybrid model as well. And the last bit actually is all students are feeling part of a community and for new students to feel appropriately welcome. This is particularly, I think, uh, critical for your first years who are coming into the undergraduate experience for the first time and who have had their their previous education interrupted as well. So they have been on lockdown since March, uh, along with the rest of us. And so their transition from secondary school into uh, into university is, is a, could be a particularly challenging one. So we're dedicating a lot of effort there, I think, to that group. Yeah. And that, do you know what? I actually didn't think about that, um, about the fact that that cohort are already, you know, disrupted. So it's another kind of, yeah, it just it slipped my mind. Because it's funny because I've got, I've got an 11-year-old who's going to secondary school in, in August time. Mm-hmm. And like trying to get him or trying to get the school to, to contact us and tell us what they do and all their events are virtual now and they're trying to, to get them on board which is really interesting but it is it's difficult it's difficult for particularly i i think all group this is going to be difficult for all groups but i think in particular i i, I worry about uh the transition groups you know mm. the groups who are transitioning between different kinds of schooling different years of schooling, maybe they're onboarding or these welcome weeks, these, these orientation events, all of these take on renewed importance, I think, mm. if we do this online. So the last little bit from the hybrid thing, and I think actually sums it up really nicely, is that we our goal here is to build new approaches, which not only mitigate the immediate COVID crisis, but which build our capacity for creative, resilient, and future-facing pedagogy longer term. Mm. And I think that is the case. Uh, this COVID crisis could essentially have several different responses, one of which could be to reify poor practice uh, or suboptimal practice, perhaps. I'm not sure how we want to phrase that. Uh, (laughs) But I think in moments of crisis, there is the opportunity to to fall back on tried and and maybe tired methods Mm. um, around how one might approach teaching. And you you embrace concepts of teaching in a very uh, structured and perhaps a very, uh, uh, you know, antiquated way. Uh, we're not making judgments on any particular program or discipline or anything like that, but there is that possibility. You'll revert to something, you know, so we're hoping that we're kind to frame this as a, as a future facing exercise, even though we're responding to the immediate, uh, the immediate presence. So 
to close out a little bit, I wanted to just real quickly say where we're getting some inspiration for all of it from for all of this. Uh, if, if that's okay, Miles, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I don't want to ramble on too much about it, but I want to. A lot of the universities that I work with out out with the University of Edinburgh are uh, generally situated in sub-Saharan Africa. I work a lot in Tanzania and Uganda and Nigeria, uh, to a lesser extent in South Africa, but generally in those places. And we have received a lot of inspiration from universities in those spaces who have responded to COVID in ways that have actually forced us to rethink how we approach it as well. And this might be, uh, some of this might seem on the surface of it somewhat uh, 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 simplistic, but it's not. It's, 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 there's a level of ingenuity and in- innovation here that I'm actually very inspired by. So for example, the State University of Zanzibar and the University of Dar es Salaam and Makareri University in uh, Uganda uh, in a research group that I, I'm working with, they have responded to the challenge by co-drafting uh, responses, uh, university strategy, allowing each other to feed into university strategy around the move online, which has been very, very uh, inspiring. Uh, the State University of Zanzibar and State uh, the University of Dar es Salaam are putting together online teacher training programs, and they have. State University of Zanzibar has already run theirs. Uh, all the universities in that network that I just mentioned have appealed to their mobile telecoms in the area to make particular IP addresses free of charge to access via phone. And so what this means is they basically set up uh, the university Moodle IP address to be free. So any student can access it further from, from their phone for free, which is generally a better, a better connectivity than they would get from Wi-Fi. And they got this up and running in a very, very, very short period of time. And I find it eminently just very inspiring. So our, our hats off to, to those universities. And they've done it with such extraordinary good cheer. It just, it just boggles the imagination. And, and I, you know, I can imagine, like, I know we've talked uh, prior to this about, you know, the, you know, it's worlds apart from, like, the budget that we have here at Edinburgh. Um, and the tools that we have available to us as well, and the budget that those universities that you've named have as well, um, or the lack of budget. That's right. So the desire and the kind of drive to get things sorted for people to still be able to to access content and to learn is is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It just and to do it in such a short period of time. Yeah. I think it was basically two weeks uh, for most of these universities to not have a, a university strategy about the COVID response to start implementing that strategy and to have it the very least teacher training programs up and running online. Uh, the state university of Zanzibar went further than that and had created Moodle instances for each of their courses already. So they, they were certainly uh, pushing ahead very aggressively and uh, just my hats off to them. Another university I work with in Nigeria, uh, the Beni uh, American University, B-E-N-I, um, American University, and the founder of that is a, a good friend of mine, Gossi, uh, aka Gospel. His real name is Gospel, but he goes by Gossi. And he he created a system which is slightly similar to that, and it is hybrid on the surface of it. So what he does, he uses to maintain, to keep costs low for the student, or to non, non-existent actually, 
He runs most of his uh, activity in the university through Facebook Live. Uh, granted, not an ideal privacy scenario, but Facebook Live is zero rated uh, in Nigeria for particular mobile telecoms, which means it's free to access. It's free of charge. So he has lectures going. It's a streaming service. So he has a lecture going in the physical classroom. It's being uh, live streamed online. Uh, students are in the physical classroom, uh, socially distanced, and they're they're um, responding to the lecture. They're asking questions, these sorts of things. And there are online groups uh, who are asking questions uh, as well. And they're situated together or they're working independently from their home. All the content is stored uh, in Facebook Live, which means it's uh, easy to access because it's free and there's no issues around bandwidth or download rates or any of these things. So they've set up essentially free of charge hybrid models, which again, I'm just I'm just blown away uh, by some of the ingenuity that we're seeing there. Well, that's it. I think there's 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 a plethora of tools that are available for people to use and the desire to say we're going to do this and. We're going to use that, and I think it's it's inspirational. It's inspiring, really. And sometimes I've had discussions with some of my colleagues around. Sometimes that we are so sometimes wedged down with, um, not well, you know your example there, Facebook Live about data protection. Obviously, uh, he owns the recording, all that kind of stuff. That sometimes you just it kind of just dump dump dampens down all inspiration to do things because <laughs> you're like yeah. let's do this and then you start scratching the surface you're like no we can't do that okay then let's do this and yeah it's, really it's a long formed way and you're like oh that's right it's a weird it's a it's an interesting tension that we have at, at the university of edinburgh around uh defaulting from time to time not always there's a there's a very uh nimble group of people and great leadership at, in some levels at the university but the, from time to time we default to no positions mm. Um, you know, due to a series of, of, of restrictions or imposed or otherwise, self-imposed or otherwise. Sometimes yeah, we're yeah. putting these on ourselves. Uh, the other uh, set of universities I wanted to mention here is UCT, University of Cape Town, and the incredible work of Laura Cernowitz and team down there. Just a shout out to Laura because her work around fees must fall. So in South Africa, they had... Um, uh, the university protests around fees, lowering of fees. Uh, and that led to some reflections on how they were using technology to support students working, you know, forced to work uh, remotely mm. and these sorts of things. And so a lot of that work, and I recommend looking it up, uh, Laura Cernowitz and Fees Must Fall, a lot of that work was inspirational for what we're doing at the University of Edinburgh as well. So it's just a very good critique, a very good analysis of what happened, along with some very, very pragmatic suggestions of how you can do this uh, how you can pull this all together uh, in a hurry. Highly recommended. Cool. So I think for now, what we're doing, so what we're basically doing is setting up the next set of, uh, set of uh, episodes here, a set of podcasts here around what hybrid is and what that actually means. Mm. So I think in the subsequent one, we'll be talking about some of the difficulties around hybrid. <laughs> There's, it's there's a short a few. list. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> it's, well, it's a short list. It's a short oh, list. We won't uh, we won't believe it, but we 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 are optimistic people. And we feel that uh, generally there's a solution to all of these in some yeah. way or another. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I think we'll break there for now for this particular episode. So uh, this is Michael Gallagher signing off. I'm Miles Blaney. All right, have a great day. Take care.